Welcome to The Father's Heart with Tom Clark, better known as Papa Tom. Good morning. This is Papa Tom, Father's Heart Talk Show. And with me today is a special guest from all the way out in Concord, North Carolina, Frank Canador. And I met Frank months ago, several months ago, and uh, really appreciated uh, his sharing at our church at Multiplied Church in Mooresville, North Carolina. And uh, Frank's quite a character. Uh, I enjoy the way uh, he uh, handles himself and the way he describes. He's a storyteller just like me, and he's got some interesting stories to tell, all having to do with the Father's heart. And yesterday was Father's Day, so what's more appropriate than the day after Father's Day about talking about uh, fathers and the heart of fathers? And everyone knows our our mission statement uh, the Lord has given me, and he says he will turn the hearts of the fathers to the children, the hearts of the children to their fathers lest they come and strike the earth with a curse. And it was just last weekend that I understood what that curse was. And that curse is fatherlessness. So Frank and I are going to be here sharing stories to overcome that curse of fatherlessness and let the Father's heart touch you today in the stories that we're about to tell. So with that in mind, Frank, share with the audience something about yourself and describe to them so they know who you are. Well, Tom, it's so nice connecting with you. It's it's taken a... Uh a whole village to put this this conversation together with the storms blowing through this place. But uh, so thankful to be on the air with you and connect. And, Tom, it was great meeting you in, uh, in uh, up there in Lake Norman in Mooresville. Uh, I'm currently the, the head of school at Concord Academy here in Concord, North Carolina. Uh, as you can tell from my accent, I'm not originally from here. I'm from Connecticut. And I've been down here 20 years. And... Uh, uh, work with Multiply Church, also in its men's ministry, uh, and uh, you know I'm a, I'm a dad, I'm a grandfather, I'm a uh, got a, eight grandkids and uh, four kids and their spouses, and uh, I'm a blessed man. I got a great wife, been together for forty, almost forty four years, and uh, God's been good, and uh, I've got a heart uh, for young men and women, and uh, uh, to know Christ and the power of Christ, and also to be at a place where uh, uh, we can we can step in as as men uh, and and women of God uh, to uh, to fill in the gaps where the gaps are needed. So great spending time with you today. So I didn't realize you were from Connecticut. I thought you were from New York. Well, close enough. You know what I mean. We're just right right next door. Yeah. <laughs> I was born in Brooklyn, grew up in Long Island, and I uh, right. I married an Italian girl from Greenwich, Connecticut. Well, good for you. You got a nice Italian. <laughs> <Yeah>. That's good. <laughs> yeah, so um, one of the thoughts that I have that uh, I would like to uh, bring up to our audience was something that I learned this past weekend, uh, as I said, about man up. And the whole they're actually dealing with the whole issue of fatherlessness in our country and, and what brings that about. And um, the mission statement of Malachi 4, 6 is to overcome that fatherlessness by connecting people back to their fathers, not only in the natural way, but also supernaturally or spiritually speaking to God the Father. So I know out of the four children and the uh, six, uh, no, you said eight, eight grandchildren? Yeah. Right? Yeah, I've got yep. six children and, and 11 grandchildren. Um, and it's all my desires for each one of them, as it's in your heart as well as I know, is each one of our children and grandchildren has a relationship uh, through, through the Lord uh, to uh, their father, God the Father. Um, 
So I know you're a baseball player at heart. Can you tell, tell the audience a baseball story that reflects the father's heart? Well, I think one. I, I think one of the one of the uh, the greatest baseball stories that I have is, of course, growing up, I was a I was a catcher. Baseball, for the most part, was uh, was my ticket to uh, supposedly for the future. That's what my dad felt strongly, and that was our strong connection. We had a we had a pretty good con- uh, connection all the way through. You know, an an Italian Roman Catholic, tough nut kind of home and uh but boy he loved the game of baseball and so did i and and uh, we went as far as we could i went through all kinds of knee surgeries eight nine maybe even ten knee surgeries i was a catcher that doesn't fly well and uh in my rebounding from that i i I found christ Mm -hmm. and uh uh and it was it was a tough it was a tough one for uh my dad to understand but we journeyed uh for almost 22, 23 years of me just believing that God was going to get a hold of his heart mm-hmm. and uh, um, ended up uh, getting lung cancer. The guy was a smoker. He worked in a factory full of asbestos up in the Northeast for years and mm-hmm. and uh, got lung cancer. And the neat thing about it is we walked together in that journey at the end, uh, centered around baseball, centered around one another. I was doing some coaching in a chaplain up in the Northeast, and he could he could resonate with that. And uh, uh, the night before he 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 passed, he made a a commitment to Jesus Christ, and it was a it was the the uh, answer of a of a of a kid of a of a of a son's prayer uh, for for 22 years, and 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 God came through and. And my dad accepted the Lord, and uh, I'm confident of where he is today. And and I think baseball and our love for the game, our love for one another, and then to finalize life with a with a, a confirmation of our love for the Lord was just a was an amazing thing for me. So the Lord used you to bring your father into the kingdom. Mm-hmm. Is that true? Absolutely. Yes, absolutely. Oh yeah, he prayed the sinner's prayer with me. I mean, you know, he just, yep. you know, his last, you know. Uh, I stepped into his room in the hospital and and I connected him with my mom and my kid's sister to make sure they say all the things they needed to say. And then mm-hmm. I never heard my dad pray. Hmm. And uh, when, and then when it was time for him to have his alone time with me, mm-hmm. he said, okay, kid, what do I need to do? And I said, well, dad, can I pray for you? He says, how about I got this one? Huh. And I never heard my dad ever yeah. pray. And he took his oxygen mask off and he said, Jesus, forgive me of my sins. Uh, come into my heart, help Frankie to know my heart is not hollow or empty, but full of Jesus, and help him to meet a man of God he needs to be for this family. Mm. And uh, and that just rocked my world, because uh, mm-hmm. those weren't my father's words. Those were the words of God through him. But, I mean, it was just a, a neat confirmation of what God can do. And uh, and it's a great confirmation to for, to know that we have to persevere. Sometimes things take a while. Yeah. And we, but we know God is faithful, and God will use everything in life mm-hmm. to draw us, draw us to Him and closer to Him. That's great. Was, what was your father's name? Jake. Jake. Yeah. Huh. So it was. Uh, yeah. He. Uh, his name was actually uh, 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 Gerald Giovanni. Gerald and, Giovanni. And my, my, I remember my grandmother giving us a hard time. He, I guess he came home from school the second day of school, and some of his buddies nicknamed him Jake. 
Yeah. And my grandmother hated it, but it stuck hmm. for all the years. And, and uh, if you told anybody his name was Gerald Giovanni, they'd be like, they'd be like, who? <laughs> but but everybody knew Jake, and uh, he was a good man. Does John of, J of Giovanni in Italian mean John? Yes. Uh-huh. Uh, you don't probably don't know this, but my father's name was Frank. No kidding. Yeah. And my middle name is Francis or Frank. That's good. <laughs> and and f- the meaning of the word Francis or Frank is free. Yep. If somebody says, you let me be frank with you, they won't let me be free with you. And uh, the correlations between you and my life are, are, are amazing. One, I was a catcher as well. Mm-hmm. And I love baseball. Baseball is my best sport. I played f- football uh, and baseball. wasn't very good at basketball, but the two big sports were that. And my, my father um, was a baseball player, just as your father was. And my father, in the ni- between the wars of 1945 and 1950, the Korean War, the World War II and the Korean War, my dad was in the Navy, and he went out to San Diego. And um, out there, he never was on a ship because um, he loved to play sports. And for two or three years, he was out there in the Navy in San Diego, and the admirals liked to bet on the games. So he was such a good player in baseball, <laughs> and actually basketball was his second sport. Uh, and... In his Navy team in 1948, 1949, I guess it was, um, he had three players, one named Red, the other guy named Pete, and myself, and uh, my father, Frank, Frank Clark, uh, all mm. got offers to play in the pros. And the other two person took it, um, and uh, the, um, my father didn't because he wanted to get back to Brooklyn. But uh, of the three people on the team that were offered uh, professional offers, uh, the the one uh, Pete Runnels went with the Boston Red Sox, and he became the American League batting champion of the Boston wow. Red Sox in the late 1950s, early 1960s. You can look it up. Um, and my father would always take me to a baseball game in Yankee Stadium at least once a year, maybe twice. <laughs> and I, I remember uh, he uh, had a uh, a seat, a box seat, right behind um, third base. And Pete Ronalds went up one time. We always we'd always go to see the Yankees and the Boston Red Sox. That was his big thing. <laughs> and uh, Boston Red Sox come to Yankee Stadium. Pete Ronalds is there. He's batting third, American League batting champ. You can imagine. And uh, I'm sitting there uh, in these box seats with my dad. And this um, when Pete's up there, he hits a foul ball, foul off the third base sign. And uh, my father jumps up in the air like nine or ten feet in the air and snags the ball right. And people kept coming around and asking us, how did you make that catch? We saw you make that catch. And we understood from my mother and other people who were watching on, um, on the TV, they said Mel Allen, uh, the announcer of the game, said, give that man a contract. <laughs> <laughs> and that became the famous thing in our family's, family's lore, L-O-R-E, about uh, <laughs> a baseball instance where my dad caught Pete Runnell's thing. And he went down and talked to him after the game and, you know, it was just a very interesting thing around awesome. the whole baseball situation. And it was uh, the area, that particular sport was the area of my father coached me in baseball. I played mm-hmm. for the Queens Alliance, 88-game uh, schedule when I was like 16 years old. Um, uh, I went to some pro scouting things, but I wasn't big enough or fast enough to, you know, uh, yeah. get their interest. But I love the game. I love being a uh, catcher. I love being able to deal with the pitchers. One of the teams I played with in the Queens Alliance was called the New York Giants. And on that team was Eddie Ford. 
He played shortstops. Oh, wow. And Whitey Ford and Eddie Ford, White, uh, Whitey Ford, I'm sorry, and Mickey Mantle would come to the games. And Whitey Ford would, uh, Mickey wouldn't come out. He'd stay in the car most of the time. But Whitey Ford would come out and he'd deal with the pitchers. So I was the catcher and he'd deal with the pitchers and I would, I'd get as you know, close as we would when we had conversations in, uh, person to person with Whitey Ford. It was a great experience with me. And uh, I was about a year older than Eddie Ford, I think, and I drove. I had a car, and I would take him home after the game. So every once in a while, I'd have to get gas, and I'd go to the gas station. And uh, back in the days when they used to pump the gas for you, and I told the guy coming out, hey, say, you know who's in that car? And he goes, no, that's, that's Whitey Ford's son. <laughs> and they'd knock on the door, and they'd ask for his autograph. <laughs> that's awesome. That's awesome. So I'd like to share with the audience a little bit about, uh, you mentioned your dad passing away and you leading him to the Lord. Uh, I had received the blessing of that in my own life a day after Thanksgiving, going back to the early 1980s. I had just become mm. a believer myself 40 years ago uh, in 1981, I guess it was. And this was about maybe 83, 84, uh, two years afterwards. We went into a... a Friday, which was after Thanksgiving, uh, we had about 25 people over my house for a big Thanksgiving dinner, and nobody was up yet, so my father and I went out to a, a, uh, an all-night diner uh, in Vienna, Virginia, called the M4 restaurant in, in uh, Vienna, Virginia, and we sat in the booth back there, and uh, I, he began to ask questions to me, because he knew I was a believer and he wasn't. And so the biggest burden he had in his life uh, was that we had uh, deaf children. So of the four, uh, of the eight children we had, four of them were deaf, four could hear, my father was suffering a ton of guilt mm. um, because they were deaf. And he thought it was because he had done it. He had done something in his life that was wrong, and God was punishing him. Yeah. So it was a big burden over on his back that this was happened. And... Um, the Lord led me, and I didn't really know the scripture that well, uh, in Matthew 11, uh, 28, that um, my, my burden is light. My, um, what does it say in uh, the scripture, uh, that to heal, about yoking, to be yoked to him. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, come with me, be with me for my, uh, my burden is light. Let's see if I can figure it out here where it is. Um, come to me, all you who are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and lowly in heart, and you will find rest for your souls, for my yoke is easy and my burden is light. As soon as I said that to him, my father started to cry. And he realized that he could turn to the Lord and take that burden away from him. The other scripture the Lord gave me was the one in, uh, it's in John when the man's blind. And uh, he thought it was, they asked the questions, I guess it was the Pharisees asked Jesus, was it because of this man's sins or the sins of his parents that caused the man to be blind? So I changed that story a little bit to say, was it because of your sins or because of the sins of the parents? Mm. That are that are my brothers and sisters, his children, my brothers and sisters were born deaf. And uh, Jesus responds and says, "No, the reason why uh, he was born deaf, they were born deaf, was so that the glory of God could be revealed." 
and again, my father just started bawling. And he just led him into a a situation and invited Jesus to his heart, repented of his life, and his life got completely turned around. And and God used me as his oldest son to, uh, as the agency through which he worked to uh, bring salvation to my father and eventually my mother and the other children in the house. But uh, he was the first one to fall, so to speak, or to, uh, <laughs> to become that way. So that's, that's, awesome. that's my story with our dads. You have your story with your dad. And, yeah, and, that's and neat. God uses us that way. Um, is there any uh, situation you could reveal about your children, one of your children, when you had a, uh, an interaction with him along these same lines? Well, I mean, I think one of the, I think one of the neat things that, that has come our way uh, in in our family is, um, my oldest son, uh, Frankie has a had a, a daughter has a daughter Macy, who is uh, um, was born uh, six years ago. Mm-hmm. No, let's see now she's eight years ago. Eight years ago now because Elsie's. Uh, uh, just turned five. So anyway, bless her heart. The little girl was born with half a heart called a hypoplastic uh, right heart syndrome. Mm-hmm. And uh, this is a neat story because I, I just think it just shows the hand of God. I mean, it's just, she was born on a, on a, uh, uh, an evening and, uh, or no, during, during the day. And uh, I mean, beautiful child, no sign of anything wrong with her. Uh, and uh, you can appreciate this coming from the Northeast. A snowstorm hits Sh- Charlotte, North Carolina. Hmm. Well, a snowstorm is like a dusting, <laughs> and they shut down the state, right? right? And I'm like, are you kidding me? Mm-hmm. But this, it's snowing, so they decide that, okay, listen, we're, but she can't go home tonight. We're going to keep her overnight you know, with Mom, and uh, and you guys can go home in the morning once the roads are are uh, are clear. Well, they did some a couple more tests. And mm-hmm. in those tests they found out she had half a heart. Mm. So, make a pit stop there for a second. We don't always appreciate the storms in life. Right. <laughs> but I'm thankful for that snowstorm on that Friday night in uh in Charlotte, North Carolina, because they say that if she had gone home without that test, she'd have been a blue baby. She she would have died. Yeah. And uh, bless her heart, she went through three open-heart surgeries. You can imagine uh, a family pulling together in prayer, community pulling together in prayer. Mm-hmm. And uh, um, and she's, she's thank the good Lord, doing well. She's in school here. She's in gymnastics. You would never know mm-hmm. anything uh, other than a little scar on her chest. And... Uh, uh, and she's she's tough as nails, and you and as one of the most beautiful little girls you'll ever see. And through that whole process, uh, I I grabbed a red ring. It's, it's a it's a just one of those you know uh, rubber rings that uh, I threw on my hand to remember to pray for her. And uh, and then it, it, I just feel like in the process of me praying for her, I was not only praying for her physical heart, but I was praying for the spiritual hearts of all my kids and grandkids. Mm-hmm. And so that ring, I still wear it. I wear it on uh, as a band on my uh, I think I saw band. it on you. I think I saw it on yeah. your hand. Yeah, I still have and it. to me, it's, it's a reminder that uh, that of God's faithfulness to us with little Macy, but mm-hmm. also a reminder that this this father and grandfather's number one 
desires that every one of his kids and grandkids uh, are living for Jesus and have totally surrendered hearts to him. So uh, even through the, that storm and, and through God coming through, I mean, he, he, he draws us to places and, and situations that help us to kind of dial in a little closer into the more important things in life. And so uh, little Macy, uh, uh, God healed her, but also uh, got this uh, stunad uh, father and grand and grandfather on his knees a little bit more for the hearts of every one of my kids and grandkids. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's, so is she going to this your school in Concord? Yeah, yeah, yeah. she's here at the school. I got, I've got, uh, uh, I think I got six of the of the eight grandkids. One's in, two of them are in college. The other crew are here at the academy. Keep me on my toes. Will probably extend me from retiring uh, yeah. so that I could uh, help these turkeys. <laughs> finish up here, but it's, yeah. it's a blessing. It, it, you know, I'm, I'm really blessed for this season of life that all my kids and grandkids are in this area, which is a miracle in and of itself. And mm-hmm. we we're, we're blessed to have a real tight family. You know, it's so important as I've gotten older to realize how important teachers are, how important mm-hmm. the education system, and how important the teachers are. You know, when I was growing up, I went to an all boys Catholic school uh, in Long Island called Chaminade, and then I went to Georgetown University. But in my mind's eye, I wanted to be in business. I wanted to make a lot of money. That was what was motivating me. Uh, I didn't want to be a teacher. You know, to me, right. so, to me, it's just we're way down the totem pole of uh, respect or something that you ever wanted to be in your life. But now that I've retired and I've, I've, you know, my career, so to speak, of the earning money is over, I look back at it and the value of a teacher to me or the value of so who's, who's teaching my grandchildren. You know, this is, this is becoming incredibly important. Uh, I was reading a book called College Scam by Charlie Kirk, and I just realized I don't, I don't want to, um, my kids to go to college. <laughs> I don't want them to be exposed to all the false teaching that is in our colleges today uh, and how important it is. Um, two of my uh, children are homeschooling. Uh, two of my children are homeschooling my grandchildren. I think it's great. Uh, they're giving them a biblical education. They're giving yep. them uh, true values that's there. They're not being exposed to uh, critical race theory. They're not being exposed to uh, transgender, which is a horror. Um, and uh, the value of being a teacher is so much higher in my estimation now that I'm 70 years old than it was right. you know, 50 years ago, whatever it was in, in, my, uh, in my thinking way, way back then. Uh, because it's so valuable and fundamental to uh, children's lives. You know, it's so, so important, as you realize this, I'm sure, as a grandfather and a father, we can speak into our kids' lives and help them discover uh, their calling and their identity. First their identity, then, first their identity, then their calling and their destiny. And this concept of their calling and destiny only comes when they get an appreciation of their father in heaven. Their father yeah. in heaven is their creator. He talks to them about what their calling and destiny is. So uh, the teacher be, can be a participant in that. A coach. Yeah, a coach can be a participant in that. Coaches and teachers I never thought were very valuable in my own mind uh, to be myself, uh, you know, in terms of a career. But now I see them as being, this is what I want to do. Because I know right. it's in the Father's heart to protect, to provide, and to mentor or to teach. So I applaud what you're doing as being the school that you have in Concord. 
I'm, I, I'm sure, is a school whose principles are based upon these concepts. I'm sure you don't teach critical race theory or transgender no. or those things. No, 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 no. But beyond that, you know, you're teaching them biblical things and connecting them back to uh, our Father in Heaven. And through that process, each one of them, not only your children and grandchildren, my children, my grandchildren, but the rippling effect through the community of all the other families to all the other children that exist is to have that happen and, and be a benefit to them in that context. You've been listening to The Father's Heart with Tom Clark. Join us again next Thursday morning at 8, right here on News Talk WSIC.